Welcome, inappropriate Earl listeners. Uh, I, as you know, try and get you the best from all corners of the entertainment world. I've had pro wrestlers on. I've had uh, many pro hockey players on. Theo Fleury twice, Dustin Penner. And today I have a tough guy I've always wanted to have on. But when two people live in opposite uh, countries, uh, it's hard to get together. He is one of the toughest players playing right now in hockey, and there's not many left. Please welcome Mr. Daniel Amesbury. Yeah, thank you, Earl. Long overdue for sure. And uh, yeah, I appreciate the having me on. I'm glad that we can finally get a chance to catch up here. And uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a long journey. Well, I mean, we were talking a little bit off air. Uh, players of your uh, caliber, you know, it's tough right now uh, from the NHL to AHL to ECHL and, and CHL. Uh, really, every even in juniors now, uh, fighting is not necessarily frowned upon, but it, it's certainly uh, being discouraged, uh, even in the legendary LNAH, which uh, I have many friends who played up there in the basically was a Quebec league that almost promoted fighting. Uh, yeah. Even they have, I think it's a two fight rule now, whereas before you would have a guy like, uh, say Joel Therio, uh, whose nickname was the animal and uh, Link the Gates, animal, yeah. uh, the legendary Link Gates, um, who would get in three to four fights a game and, and it was fine. Uh, yeah, so, every game those guys were doing that. It's pretty, that, that league has always been pretty wild, but uh, yeah, it's really too bad, man. At the end of the day, I had this conversation the other day with uh, Moro on his podcast and we were just talking about how, you know, it's, it's, you know, they've tried to change it. And I think that at the end of the day, it comes down to a pocketbook thing more than anything. They say it's about player safety, but I think really at the end of the day, all these lawsuits that caught up to the NHL kind of made them decide that they wanted to get rid of fighting. But if you look at it now, well, now you got guys like Sidney Crosby, one concussion away from a career ender where, you know, we were talking about it the other day. It's like, wouldn't you rather have a guy making 500 or a million protecting a guy like that? And then, you know, nobody's going to be taking runs at Crosby if they know that they got to answer the belt to a true heavyweight, you know? So. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, well, last night you talked about Crosby. He uh, got hit by uh, Jacob Truba. Who, and uh, you Yeah, know, exactly. If you look at, you know, the hit, it's um, – I don't think it was a dirty hit uh, just because uh, the, the way Truba was positioned and the way Crosby was – you know, he's a pretty fast player. Uh, yeah. I think it was more reflexes on Truba just doing anything to stop him, but – uh, yeah, it's tough to, it's tough to, in that situation, you can't really do anything to, you're committed to the hit, you know, it just, it was unfortunate the where his head ended up, I guess it was, um, you can do it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that kind of hit, but at the end of the day, guys aren't even going to take runs like that at players. Like as you see Wayne Gretzky run taken out, you know, not, not very it happened, but it wasn't super often, you know? I mean, I'm old enough uh, to remember when the Kings uh, traded for Gretzky. Uh, a lot of people don't remember that the first uh, a uh, 
a prerequisite of the trade by Gretzky himself was McSorley. Is McSorley. And then, yeah, exactly. Uh, in the summer of 88, uh, I see you were born in 90, so I'm really aging myself. 90, yeah. Uh, if you re- well, you wouldn't remember because you weren't born yet. But uh, the Kings then went out and got Jay Miller from Boston, who at the time was a, a very very tough player. Uh, and they had Larry Playfair, who was uh, you know before Probert. You know Playfair was probably the best fighter in the league, and they had Jay Wells. I mean, they had like five or six fighters, yeah, uh, to protect Gretzky. Uh, yeah, yeah. And now protecting your assets, it's smart, you know, and like I say, it's kind of weird how it's changed in this way, but it's, it's essentially a dirtier game now, you know, from the games that I watch, um, even, you know, all the way down, like I watch, I watched a junior game the other day. I was at a WHL game, the Vancouver giant, such a dirtier game now. Um, you know, it's more stick work, more, more like the college games kind of always been, you know, like lots of sticks, lots of cross checks, lots of, you know, the, after the whistle stuff still happens, but it's not like, you know, it's, it's just greasy, you know, cheap shots kind of right. And if you want to get a guy, if it's, let's say a guy does lay out a guy like Crosby, like, I mean, in the games that I watch in these junior games, and from what I'm hearing, well, is that the coach now, instead of sending a tough guy out to go fight him, they just send a guy out to go run the other player with a dirty hit or something. So it's, you know, you're not really solving the issue that they're actually trying to solve at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I'm a big LA Kings fan and we're in a pretty gritty series right now with the Oilers. And, uh, the other day, Darnell nurse headbutted, uh, Philippe to know. <laughs> oh yeah. I was, that was pretty greasy. Yeah, it looked pretty bad. And, you know, you could, you know, if this was in the Gretzky era, uh, you know, that game would still be going on. There'd be so many fights. And, uh, yeah, you'd be answering the percent, be answering the bell to have you wait. Like, I don't know. Nurse is like a, you know, he's, he's, he's not like a heavyweight, but he, I'm pretty sure he can throw down a little bit, but he's not, you know, he's at the end of the day going to get his wheels beat off by a legit heavyweight. If that happens back in the day. Right. And, and that would make him think twice before he did it. Yeah. That's, I think that's the, uh, I mean, I'm just a fan. You're a player, but like, I think as a, a fan of the Kings, uh, you know, you just want the other team to, have it in the back of their head. Oh, if I headbutt Philippe Deneau or any player, really, uh, there's going to be a potential consequence. Uh, yeah, exactly. You could tell uh, Nurse, who's not known as a dirty player, but you could tell he wasn't too scared of any retribution. Um, and, you know, the Kings have a player, you know, uh, Brendan Lemieux, whose uh, father was uh, Claude Lemieux. He, back in the day, I sound old, but I am old compared to you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he plays just like his dad. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you could tell from the Kings' perspective, Brendan Lemieux has no fear of anyone on the Oilers doing anything to him. Yeah. Uh, maybe outside of Cassian. Uh, Is that Claude Lemieux's kid then? Yeah. No, he. Oh, crazy. I didn't even know that he was in the league. Cool. And it was so funny. You know, his father, Claude, was known to be an instigator of sorts. Oh, yeah. Uh, he had a reputation for sure. His. Uh, thing in the playoffs was he would be the last man on the ice and shoot the puck in the other team's net, you know, just <laughs> as, uh, I don't know what his uh, intentions was, but I was at the King game Sunday night and I started to notice that, uh, 
Brendan Lemieux was the last guy on the ice for the Kings and Evander Kane for the Oilers. And you could tell Evander Kane was not leaving the ice because he knew what Lemieux was going to do. And, and finally Kane gave up and he just went into the locker room. <laughs> and then Brendan Lemieux roofed a shot from, you know, basically the other end of the ice. It was very impressive. But uh, if that would have happened in the <laughs> wow. 80s, that's funny. Well, if that would have happened in the 80s, that, that, once again, that game would still be going on right now. Uh, yeah, so I, they'd still be fighting. The, light, the lights would be off. They would turn the lights off in the stadium. They'd be fucking in the dark. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I understand that, you know, sometimes as a fan, I feel guilty of, you know, like your fights are very enjoyable to me to watch. Uh, you, you've taken some blows and you've certainly given a fair share, but like yeah. – idiots sitting on the couch sometimes i'm like oh he could get a concussion and i'm yeah i'm the guy cheering at home go yeah kick his ass <laughs> does that bother I mean, you part- no not at all man it's a part of the end of the day like there's so i think i tough guy i guess like i don't think everybody i think a lot of guys do it because they have to do it to be where they want to be. Maybe it's a little different now, but like, you know, when I was still playing pro in the States, definitely it was, it was a little different because I think there was a lot of guys that were just doing it because they wanted the job and they wanted to play in that league and they wanted to go to the NHL or whatever it was, you know? Um, and then you get on, you know, guy or you could call him a weirdo, <laughs> which I, would be me, I guess. But I actually enjoyed it. Oh shit! What's going on my phone here? I did not mean. Um. So yeah. So I guess you could call me a little bit of a different cat, but I I enjoyed it not just for being an entertainer. Like that was one small portion of it, but I really like protecting the guys, and I really like just it felt good for me to take that role and to be the guy who actually like I would rather be the one. And then the guy beside me. And if I know that all the guys that I play with are going to grow and be a little bit bigger, play a little bit better because I'm tough, and I'm willing for them. Then I, you know, I like that. So I actually got quite a bit of enjoyment out of it. And uh, I do also enjoy the fact that there's people sitting at home, just like you that are cheering it on and are excited about seeing people exchange blows and, and uh, probably interested in what the hell, why we like doing it or why we're doing it in the first place. But I have no problem with that at all. Well, I think in my case, it's, it's really just the era I grew up watching hockey, which was was probably the toughest, uh, at least at the NHL level, uh, you know, where it was like a nuclear arms race. Uh, You know, I grew up a Ranger fan, even though I, I live in LA. And, you know, they clearly were building their roster to match with the Flyers. And then uh, and then the Bruins would match their roster, match the Rangers and the Flyers. Like if the Flyers had six tough guys, the Rangers would get six tough guys. Um, Yeah. And you saw a little bit of that uh, last year when uh, Tom Wilson beat up uh, Panarin and Bushnevich. The, the Rangers' first move in the pre uh, postseason was uh, to go out and get Ryan Reeves, um, and so uh, certainly not what it was back in the day. But it was it was nice to see a yeah. you know a, a, a counter by the Rangers, and then they they didn't even end they up realized what they were they realized what they were missing, and they, and they needed to fill the gap. 
Yeah, I mean, it just wasn't a good look uh, for the Rangers to see Panarin's head bouncing up and down off the ice. <laughs> and uh, Ruchnevich, you know, who now is in St. Louis, but that, you know, he was a little, uh, I don't think he knew what to do with Tom Wilson either. So uh, I'd like to get in with you to the psychology of fighting. Like, uh, how, how much does it yeah. pump up the team when you win a fight? Oh man. So that's a huge part of it. And I think that's a big part that people don't understand that are more so outside of the game. Like a lot of people that don't understand why there's fighting in the game, like uh, hockey in general is a major energy sport. Um, and I actually understand that more now than ever, but the energy on the bench, you'll see it during a game. Sometimes one team will just be, they'll hem the other team down because they just got so much energy. And then all of a sudden the energy shifts. And then now the other team's hemming them down in their end and you'll see the energy pass. It's like a ball of energy that gets passed back and forth during the game. One team has it for a bit and then the other team has it. Sometimes it stays with one team longer than the other, but you know, sometimes if you're in a game and you're, you're, you're the team that doesn't have any energy, or maybe you had a game the night before you're just feeling a little flat and one, a guy goes out and beats, beats the wheels off some guy on the other team. You feel it immediately. Like, like I, I you get so and then next shift, you got three guys going out, laying guys out. And then it's just the ball keeps rolling. And the next thing you know, you win the game. And I've seen it happen on numerous occasions. One fight turns game around. Turning point. Next thing you know, you're winning the game. Standing and a lot of people anyways that are maybe be against something or don't understand why. And on the flip side, how devastating is it when you know, it's a pretty even game or maybe it, even a blowout uh, either way. And you lose a fight. Is, is it like a tire deflating on the bench? How devastating is it uh, on the flip side? Like uh, I, I've seen many a fight uh, when you win and it pumps up the team and they go on to score two, three goals right after that fight. Uh, yeah. On the flip side, is it like a tire deflating on the bench when you lose? Not necessarily when you lose a fight, but yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'll answer these as like a spectator rather than a, like a fighter. Like if I'm on the bench and somebody else is fighting. So I think that's more so when I'm affected by the energy on the bench, but if I'm, if I'm on the bench and you know, like say, Eve, let's say we're up three, nothing, or let's say we're, we got lots of energy. We're playing really good. And then, okay. Now one of our guys squares up with one of their guys and our guy gets his head caved in you know, immediately everybody flattens out and they're just like, Oh shit. And that energy essentially, it comes, it comes right out of you and goes to the other team. The other team's banging their sticks. They're all fired up. You're like, fuck our guy just got his head caved in for it. It, it flat right out, you know, a number of different pump you up. Like maybe if you had a guy, you know, every once in a while you could have your up, maybe a, Maybe it's a guy like Sid, like one of your top guys that just decided to step up and fight someone. And at that point, it doesn't really matter if they win or lose. You're going you're gonna to get pumped up that they just showed up anyways. But really speaking, it can flatten you up if a team um, the fight against one of your guys. And what's it like? Like I was watching a uh, fight the other night on YouTube when I was working out. And uh, Donald Brashear, uh, who, he was on the uh, Capitals. and. Uh, 
he was uh, bullying the uh, Rangers, basically. And uh, Colt Nor tried to fight him and, and didn't do so well. And then uh, Brashear started taking liberties with Yarmir Yager. And Brendan Shanahan, who a uh, very tough player, but not a fighter per se, certainly not in his uh, later years, took on Brashear and, and did well. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Does it pump up a team when a non-fighter uh, sacks up, I guess, for lack of a better word, and, and says, hey, I'm going to... Totally, totally. You know, it's so funny because I was actually... I just showed my woman a, a fight today of one of my buddies. He was actually the exact situation like you said. I don't know where I was. I was either in the stands or I was in the penalty ball. But Justin Sawyer was running around. And he's a legit heavyweight. Like, similar situation. You got Brashear running around. And Gordon Bell went to go fight him. And then the refs ended up separating it up. And, like, in that situation, Gordon Bell doesn't necessarily want to swear. He would rather just grab him and kind of get close to him and whatever, deal with him that way. But what happened was the refs separated them. And then they ended up coming out of the scrum and you can see where him and Sawyer kind of looked at each other and Sawyer drops his mitts and Gore, you could tell Gordon was just like, he kind of smirked. He knew, he knew Sawyer. He just kind of smirked and he's like, all right. And dropped his gloves and he had to square up with him. But I remember that feeling Gordon Bell killed guy. He was not a fighter, but he stepped up and fought a legit heavyweight. And I remember he, he didn't by any means win the fight, but I was more pumped up from him going then if you know, we had a true fighter step up and beat up Sawyer, we're excited to see Gordon Bell just showing up. And that's why I just watched that video probably like 10 or 15 minutes ago. And I was just getting so fired up over it. Well, it's funny. And it's certainly not on the level of, of taking on Justin Sawyer, but uh, on at the King game, I was at Sunday night. Uh, my buddy, Carl Grundstrom, uh, he had laid out an oiler. He, he's like a little bowling ball, Carl. He's not so little, but, uh, and the Oilers were just all over him, like two or three guys just cross checking him and, and punching him. And all of a sudden, uh, our smallest player, Blake Lazat, who maybe is 5'8, <laughs> 160, went in flying like a pro wrestler. And you could tell that really <laughs> rejuvenated the Kings. And, and they had the game won at hand, but it was a little bit of message sending by the Oilers. and you could tell Lazat was like, hey, not on my watch, even though he's the smallest guy on the team. Yeah. Now, you mentioned, I want to get into this, uh, Justin Sawyer. Um, you are potentially going to be fighting him uh, at the yeah. inaugural King of the Rink heavyweight tournament, um, Now, which is I 21st. Uh, May 21st, I think. Well, I don't know what the date is today, but I think we're eight days out, maybe, or something like that. It sounds like eight or nine days out. Yeah, it's May 12th uh, today. So you've got nine days. Uh, now, I remember, uh, I, I guess it's, I don't know if it would be considered the sister tournament to this. Uh, there was a tournament a few years ago called Ice Warriors, uh, where you had uh, many players from the LNH, uh, Curtis Swanson. Um, you know, I think Ferio, Link Gates. Uh, I mean, it was an all-star lineup of tough. That was the guys. black and blue, the blue yes. one, I think, in Prince George, right? Yeah. So, is this a similar uh, format to that, or are are there going to be different 
uh, are they doing it differently? So the, um, the last tournament they did, I think there was a couple adjustments that they did last time they had 16 guys. And I think it was just a little too much for the guys. I think some of them were fighting four or five times in one night and it was just too big of a bracket. I think just to be doing that all in one night. So in this event, they decided to go with eight guys, which I think is better. And then another thing they kind of, um, last time, I think they might've done three, one minute rounds. Whereas this time we're doing two with four seconds between. And then if there's a draw between those two rounds, they'll do like an overtime round. But that's my understanding anyways. So they've made a couple adjustments, but similar, similar structure. And uh, can you name, I'm trying to find a list of the players uh, who are going to be in it. Oh, wait, I think uh, what says legends in attendance. Do you know the uh, eight or seven uh, minus you, of course, uh, do you know who else is in this? I'm assuming you do. Yeah. So, I mean, Justin Sawyer, uh, he's setting six, six, two eighty five right now. So he, I fought him twice in the central league. That's the only guy that I've fought. There's Chase Tippin off the top of my head. I think Chase Tippin six three two ninety five. Um, and that's um Curtis Swanson. I believe Swanson is six two or six one two sixty. Uh, Swanson's pretty, I think he's probably got the longest fight card, probably the most experience. Um, and then who else? Uh, trying to do this. Uh, there's a, I'm seeing a guy by the name yeah. of Travis Levitsky. Who else? There's another guy. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Levitsky. I think he's a football player or something. Levitsky. He's like 320 pounds. Yeah, they say he's a six foot three, 318 pounds. Yeah, I don't know what the hell he's trying to do, but yeah, I, I heard of, I, I don't know what deal is, but I think he's a football player. I play hockey. Reminds me of Happy Gilmore, remember? Yeah. Uh, I'm a. <laughs> now, what, the, like, let's say it with the, because I know Curtis Swanson, he's a friend. Uh, like, do, do you have a, a different strategy for each guy? Uh, you know, cause this is, uh, like, I, I mean, like, I know when you're in a game against say Justin Sawyer, maybe he cross checks you, you cross check him and there's a little bit of animosity. Uh, but like yeah. in this, there's not necessarily animosity. I mean, like, how do you go, uh, you're just getting right to business. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, do you create it in your head, like just so you can like get it going, or, or? No, I mean, me personally, like I've always found I don't really like to be too emotional when I'm in a fight. Anyways, I like to be calm and collected, and try not to get angry. Is kind of like one thing I've always wanted to do. So I think this will be even easier for that, in a sense. Um, I think when you do get angry and you do get. Uh, just emotional in general during a fight really hard to think and, and execute on uh, properly. Cause you're, if you're just trying to take the guy's head off, you're not going to worry about defense and you're just, you tend to kind of lose your, your abilities of to think in that way. So I think it'll be different strategies for different guys. I'm a pretty big video guy. 
Um, I, I always have been, even when I played in the States, I would study guys. I had no problem watching guys the night before. I know some guys don't really like watching video in case they might um, psych themselves out or whatever. I mean, I would for sure when I was doing video the night before, if I, for some reason thought that some, like, you know, if I started a video and I like pop wind or that scene, I would just skip it. I wouldn't even watch it <laughs> just wow. cause I wouldn't want to like that in my head. But, um, I do have like different strategies for different people. Um, I've watched videos on everything that I have video on the guys that I couldn't find video on. I'm not too worried about cause I'm assuming they probably don't have very much experience. So their experience is beer league or senior a or whatever, which, which isn't really, um, something I worry about too much. I'm more concerned about the guys that came out of leagues with, with real fight cards, with real fighters, you know, um, really, uh, guys on the radar for sure. Or top, top guys on the radar for me would be Swanson and Sawyer for sure. Yeah. I mean, are those guys watching just as a uh, fan, but, uh, one of the fisticuffs that those are the two names other than you that I've heard of. And, uh, when you, uh, look at Swanson in particular, he's, he's fought, uh, you know, Thario and, and uh, yeah. the Bull Duke brothers and uh, his fight card. Yeah, he's fought everyone. Yeah. And he, uh, yeah. So his, I'll assume his technique will be better than, say, the football player's technique. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not, like I say, I'm not really too concerned about like Levesque. Um, as far as I'm concerned, for th- over like 320 pounds, I don't care how good a shape you're in. I don't think 320 gates is good intimidating to me personally. Um, but you know, I know that some of these guys, I think Swanson originally I was like, Oh, Swanson's two sixty. He played at two thirty. So my original thinking was like, Oh man, this guy might be a little bit out of shape. But as I kind of did more research, it sounds like he, after he finished playing, he was up to like over 300 and something pounds, I guess. So he's cut down from over 300 pounds to two sixty. So I'm assuming Swanson's going to be in shape at 260, which is, which is definitely something to, to think about and to be, to keep in mind. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm it's a little bit different in an event like this. Cause you're eating for points. Well, try not to get your head taken off. I think I'm the smallest guy by, I think the next lightest guy is probably 30 pounds heavier than me at least. So and you're the smallest you're not, guy by quite a bit. You're not a small guy. Like you, you know, yeah, exactly. I'm, yeah, yeah, exactly. Six foot two twenty five, almost like you know, it's between six foot and six foot one, <clears throat> two twenty five. I'm actually a little bit down right now. I'm probably about two twenty two, but uh, I mean, I got up. I was up to like two thirty, a little bit over two thirty, and then I cut down. So I'm pretty lean, and I'm in the best shape of my life right now. So that's that's what I'm going to use to my advantage, man. I know that I'm in shape. Um, I know what I need. To fighters uh you know as far as guys like sawyer i've fought him before so i have a little bit of experience which is is good um but at the end of the day i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to putting on a show for the fans i'm super passionate about this event in general so i want to be a part of it whether it's you know whether 
you know, I keep fighting in these events or I'm just a part of it and helping promote it or whatever. I, I want to be a part of it. Cause I, I think it's cool. I think there's a major hunger for this kind of thing right now with not much fighting in hockey right now. And I just think that, you know, I think it could do well. So I'd, I'd like to be a part of it regardless. That's why I decided I wanted to do this first one. And, you know, I wasn't too worried. They told me that the division was going to be big, but I wasn't too worried about it. I, I don't really care, man. Morasti made a pretty good career out of fighting guys that were significantly bigger than him. So I know that it's possible. And I've, I've done it before. I fought Sawyer and I fought Bugard and Lison. So I'm ready to go, man. It's going to be exciting and it's going to be fun to watch. I guarantee you that. And where can people, uh, can, is this a pay-per-view or is it streaming? How can people watch it? So this one's going to be on, uh, it's on fight.tv. So it's F I T E dot T uh, F I T E dot TV. Um, I'm pretty sure most like, uh, cable providers have that app on the, on, or if you have a smart TV, that app should be on it. Um, so if you go into that app and search ice wars, um, you pick it up. I think it's nine for the event. It's on uh, May 23rd. It'll be showing at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, the event is in Edmonton, so it's 7 p.m. start, which would be 6, 6 o'clock uh, Pacific Standard. So your would be 6. And uh, I know I'm going to be watching it uh, because I'm probably a guy that this event is tailor-made uh, for in terms of the marketing um because although i certainly care about player safety i don't want any of you guys getting hurt uh you know i, I certainly miss, totally I, mean, I miss a good scrap you know uh and uh, like what because we only have a few minutes left uh I, I, strategy wise and i know you i know I, i'm sure you don't want to tell your strategy uh, <laughs> but uh I'll just say what my strategy would be. Like if, if I'm fighting a, uh, on ice, a football player whose balance probably isn't the best. It, it is. Do you approach each fight with, okay, what is this guy good at? Like, obviously you and Sawyer are, are good skaters. So your balance is good. Swans. Yeah. Well, uh, like some of the bigger guys, the football players, do you, possibly uh instead of maybe throwing punches right off the bat try and get them off balance first yeah i mean honestly like that would probably maybe be the smart move i just think honestly with a guy like that i'll probably just walk him i probably won't even bother with trying to throw him off balance i'll just walk right through him at the beginning because i just don't think he knows what he's getting himself into but, um, but yeah, I, I like my strategy and my tactics are going to be more tailored towards the guys that are a little bit more veteran that I know, know what we're doing. Like at the end of the day, the guys that play and the guys that made a living out of this, like I know Tippin did it. He's a pretty big boy. He's in shape. He's fought lots. Uh, but like, it's a sport in itself, you know, like I consider myself like, it's like being a black belt in jujitsu. Like we, I've dove so deep into the grappling side of it and, and all that. And just learning different types of techniques where, you know, during the fight, I might switch styles three or four times, 
Um, so if a guy's not capable of being able to switch those styles during the fight, then I'm usually not too concerned about it. Cause you know, like at the end of the day, I have a style for everything. So I think I'm just going to basically my, my game is usually I'll switch styles in response to however they fight. And then if they switch, then I'll switch again. And I'll always just try and stay one step ahead. Um, you know, I got, like I said, I got like four or five different techniques that I've kind of mastered and, uh, I'm just going to make sure I stay on top of it and switch those techniques quick enough that they can't get comfortable with one of them. Cause I think a lot of people don't realize, uh, fighting on skates is definitely a skill unto itself. Uh, you, you could be like, I don't know if some of these football guys, uh, realize, you, you know, that the edge and balance that particularly you, uh, Swanson and Sawyer will have, uh, you know, it's not just being a big, strong guy. This isn't a tough guy. Competition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. And like, you know, like, so for me, I had, I don't know how many years I was out of the game. I was out of the game for like maybe five or six years, but during those five or six years, I've been playing box lacrosse, which isn't really as big in the state, but it's, well, it's getting there, but it's really big up here in Canada and box lacrosse has played in the same rink as the hockey rink, but it's on foot. So I've been fighting lots in box lacrosse over the past, I don't know how many years I've been doing. I've been playing pretty steady since I was like 21, but um, fighting in box lacrosse has taught me a lot about just in general, the grappling and stuff like that. I find it a lot more dangerous because you're on your feet. You can punch a lot harder, a lot more guys getting knocked out and a lot more guys getting seriously cut and hurt. So that's kind of given me this new confidence with hockey where I'm like, I don't give a shit who a guy is on the ice. I'll fight anybody. Like at the end of the day, you're on your skates. It's taking away a lot of your power being on your skates. There's still dangerous. People can still get hurt, but I just, now that I've been doing what I've been doing with lacrosse and fighting legit heavies in lacrosse for the last five to 10 years, like I'm just at a point now where as far as hockey, man, like I have no issues fighting any of these big guys, like 300, 320 pounds on the ice is like, it's a disadvantage, man. Like when you get to that weight, it's just, it's too much, man. It's, it's already hard enough to skate. Like it's hard enough to skate when a guy's trying to punch you. So, you know, at a certain point, if you can't, if you, if you're not able to stand strongly on your skates, then where's your punching even going to come from, you know? So at the end of the day, the guys that are intimidating are the guys that can skate and the guys that can really plant their feet and put some weight behind their punches. Oh yeah, there was a guy in the LNAH. I think he was signed just because of his size. I'll never forget Brendan Tedstone. He was uh, I don't know about six one, but he was almost four hundred pounds. And uh, wow. if he didn't connect on the first punch, he would literally fall over. over. He would fall yeah, over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I mean, even though you had a guy like Dario or Jason Clark, uh, who they probably tipped the scales at about two sixty. Uh, they had enough uh, experience in junior hockey where they wouldn't fall over. But Daniel, this has been amazing. Uh, yeah. So uh, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, where can people find you on social media, get in touch with you about your future uh, hockey or lacrosse uh, combat uh, endeavors? Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm on Instagram. My Instagram handle is aims underscore two underscore Burry. Um, yeah, like I'm, I don't think I'm too hard to find if you search my name on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, I'm public on everything. So Twitter, same thing, same handle aims to bury. 
And uh, yeah, man, looking forward to Ice Wars. Super stoked we finally got to connect. It's been a long time coming. I think we probably, I don't know how many years ago we first connected, probably six or seven years ago, I would say now. It's been a so, while. So it's uh, yeah. an honor to, uh, you know, usually I don't interview people I've never like met before. Uh, yeah. But uh, this, the honor was all mine. And uh, oh, you, man. thank you. And uh, people, uh, Daniel's a good dude. He does a job that very few people have the balls to do because uh, he's not a small man. And uh, he's taking on giants like uh, I almost said Kevin Sawyer. That's that was the guy who played back when I uh, watched in the 90s. Uh, but Justin Sawyer's even bigger than Kevin Sawyer. And, uh, you know, uh, there'll, there'll be some cool celebrities uh, at this thing from what I see at uh, Frank Bialois. Uh, yeah, and, uh, I believe Morasti might make an appearance. Uh, Morasti's a judge, so he'll be there for sure. Um, who else? They got a. They got uh, um, the previous winner, Dean Mayran, will be there. Yes, uh, legend. He won the last event for the Sorel Mission. So, uh, yeah, Daniel, we will talk soon after. I, I, I yeah. hope we can interview you again, and uh, we will see each other soon, my friend. Sounds good. I'll make sure I have the crown for the next one. You better, brother. Have a good one. See you later. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you too, man. Good to talk to you. Likewise.